welcome again to Church Online. We are so glad that you have joined us. If you are new to Hope Church, we are in week four of a six-week series called Rooted. If you have missed any of the previous weeks, they're on YouTube. You can go back and catch up, but it's not like a TV drama where you need to watch them in the correct order. So stick with us today and then you can jump back and catch up on any of the other messages. And what we're doing through this series is that we're looking at a few areas, a few roots that we can strengthen as, as individuals and also as a church to enable us to live the life that God created us to have. We are called to flourish and in order to do that, we need to be connected to and drawing from the right places. You know, obviously, first and foremost, we need to be rooted in God, in his presence. The greatest commandment, Jesus said, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. We need to be rooted in God's presence. We've also looked at being rooted in worship, which comes from the overflow of being in his presence. How could we not worship God when we see him face to face as he reveals more and more of his character to us, his goodness, his kindness, his love, his grace? And then a couple of weeks ago, Ruth shared a powerful message about being rooted in our identity in Christ. Because our identity doesn't come from, from what we do, but who we are. And as we root ourselves in Christ, he reveals more and more of who we are and who he created us to be. I'd really encourage you, if you missed out on any of those, go back and have a listen to them. They were really good messages. And so before I jump into this week's focus, let me just read to us again that core verse that, that overarches this series from Ephesians chapter 3. Starting at verse 16, it says this, And I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and I pray that being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide how long how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure with all the fullness of God. Amazing. And so this week, I want to speak into the importance of being rooted in the Spirit, which flows on perfectly from Pastor Glyn Barrett's Pentecost Sunday message that we had last week. Jesus promised at the end of his ministry that his disciples would receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then that's exactly what happened in Acts chapter 2 when we see this, this explosion in the life and the ministry 
of the disciples. This bunch of ordinary people, not the best of the best, but ordinary folk like you and like me, they received power from the Holy Spirit and then they saw miracles and they saw salvation. And if it can happen for them, I believe it can happen for us. All we need to do, like Jesus instructed, is to wait. All we need to do is wait to be, to be clothed with power from on high. I've shared this before, but that phrase used, that being clothed with power, it's not a striving to get power. It's not chasing after power, but, but there's a sense of ease to it. By simply waiting, by simply waiting, God will pour out his spirit on us. He will clothe us in his spirit. And so as we look at this idea this morning of being rooted in the spirit, I just want to share four areas where we should see change. Because as Pastor Glynn shared with us last week, the Holy Spirit isn't passive, but he's at work bringing about transformation in our lives. And so being rooted in the spirit means that we won't stay the same, but actually that nothing will ever be the same again. And so first up, we need to walk in the spirit. We need to walk in the spirit. The apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter eight, it says this, starting at verse two. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. We walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, he wrote, But I say, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk by the spirit. Paul, he enjoyed to liken the, the Christian faith with this, this concept, this, this imagery of walking. In fact, he uses the word walk 32 times in his letters, probably because over the course of his, his life and his ministry, he traveled somewhere in the region of 12,000 miles during the various missions trips that he made. And, and most of that was done on foot, was done walking. And so what does it look like to, to walk in the spirit? To walk in the spirit, it, it means that, that we surrender to God's control. It means that we follow his lead. It means that we allow him to, to influence the way in which we live and love. To walk in the spirit is to go against our earthly tendency to walk in the flesh. Walking in the spirit, it, it signifies this, this reliance on God because he leads the way and, and we follow. And as he speaks, 
we listen. We take note of his, of his warnings and his promptings and, and we obey his direction. To walk in the Spirit isn't necessarily easy, but what we can know is that when we follow his lead, when we put aside our plans and we begin to walk in the Spirit, we can know that he will lead us into a life where we can be filled to the measure with all the fullness of God. Isn't that what we're talking about? Isn't that what we long for as believers in Christ? It's important to to recognize and and to acknowledge that that when we accept Jesus into our lives as, as Lord and Savior, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. In that moment, we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we begin to walk in the Spirit. But we live in the world. And so there's this battle that goes on inside of us to walk in our sinful nature, in the flesh, as Paul describes it. So there's this battle between walking in the flesh and walking in the spirit. Let me just continue reading in that that passage in Galatians chapter 5. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. You see, there's this, there's an intentionality around this about being intentional about seeking an awareness of God's presence with us throughout the day. And as we draw close to him, he draws close to us and he gives us this greater sensitivity through his Holy Spirit to to kingdom thinking, to kingdom living. And so we need to walk in the Spirit. And we also, secondly, need to think in the Spirit. We need to think in the Spirit. Paul writes again in in Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Here's this internal conflict Again, those, those who allow the things of the world to, to consume their thoughts, selfishness, greed, sexual immorality, when you think about these things, it's likely that you'll begin to live them out because actions begin as thoughts in our mind. In order to be rooted in the Spirit, we need to think in the Spirit. Paul calls us, doesn't he, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. There's a real importance here about what goes on in our minds. In fact, he he goes on to write in his letter to the Philippians, starting at verse 8 of chapter 4, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever it is, whatever is commendable, 
If there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Thinking in the spirit is not just about being in a moment of weakness, in a moment of temptation. Actually, it's more about creating a a pattern of life that is kingdom-minded. Our thoughts may may naturally lean towards the things of this world, but Paul instructs us to take every thought captive. Just because you think something doesn't mean you'll do it. So when a thought comes into your mind, if you take it captive, you can stop it from working its way out if it doesn't line up with the things of God. And so in practice, that looks like talking to God throughout the day about drawing close to him so that when those thoughts do creep in, that we can quickly reject them. We need to walk in the spirit. We need to think in the spirit. And thirdly, we need to pray in the spirit. I love this. It's, it's something that I really find comforting. Just look at what Paul writes again to the Romans in chapter 8. It says this, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we, do not, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches our hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I love it. You see, the Holy Spirit bridges that gap between what we can do in our humanity and all that God calls us to be. The Holy Spirit fills that gap. He, he sustains us in our weakness. And, and one of those weaknesses believe it or not, is prayer. Paul said it, didn't he? We simply don't know how we should pray. We pray selfishly, ignorantly, narrowly, because of our, because of our spiritual weakness. We've got such a shallow understanding of our world, of ourselves, of our limitations, and throughout our lives, even on a daily basis, we'll find ourselves unable to to rationalize what's going on in the world around us or maybe even closer in personal circumstances and situations and and we only see just one small square of the mosaic that is the world that is time that is life and so how on earth are we expected to know how to pray Sure, we can pray on the, on the information that we do have, but why would we do that when we have someone living within us who has all the information, who sees the whole picture? And so we have the privilege of being able to lean on him. We can look to the Holy Spirit dwelling within us to intercede for us with groanings too deep for words. What he does is he, he translates our hearts for, for justice, for grace, for the, the love and the will of God to rule in any given situation. He takes all of that and then puts it in the context of the full mosaic of life and time and then passes that on to the Father. 
Think of God's words to, to Samuel. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the heart. Although we might not be able to, to articulate our thoughts, God sees our heart. And as we begin to, to pray in the Spirit, he translates our heart straight to the throne room of God. And, and as we allow these steps, as we root ourselves in the Spirit, walking thinking and praying in the spirit, we can, be, we can be confident that our heart is in line with the will of God because the closer we get to God, the closer he gets to us and the more we become like him. And the Holy Spirit praying in the spirit also means that the Holy Spirit prompts us and gives us direction for our prayers. Charles Spurgeon said this, should we not wait upon God in prayer, asking him to reveal us, reveal to us what those matters are concerning which we should plead with him? We feel secure when the Holy Spirit guides our minds. Therefore, let us obey the Holy Spirit and pray as he directs, for he knows what our petitions should be. Pray what the Holy Spirit moves you to pray and be very sensitive to his influence. It's so good, isn't it? As believers, we need to become more and more sensitive to the influence and the promptings of the Holy Spirit in our prayers. It's so encouraging. I don't know if you've experienced it, but it's so encouraging when it happens. It, it builds faith within you when, you when you hear that prompting and guidance from the Holy Spirit and then you step into action through prayer. I know Ruth shared before about being woken up in the middle of the night, feeling a strong impression to pray for someone, only to then find out that they were also up at that ridiculous hour struggling with anxiety. And so by stepping into action, by hearing that prompting of the Holy Spirit, she was able to encourage this person. And then just last week, I felt prompted to pray for someone that I haven't thought of for a really long time, only to then find out later that evening that they were in hospital. When we recognize the prompting of the Holy Spirit and begin to pray in the Spirit, God will move our hearts and His will align and we become more and more like him. And so as we root ourselves in the spirit, walking and thinking and praying in the spirit, all of this will enable us to live in the spirit, to live in the spirit. Because rooting ourselves in the spirit will inevitably produce fruit in our lives. Jesus said, didn't he, that we would be known by our fruit. And Paul describes the fruit that grows from being rooted in the Spirit. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
I don't have time to dig into all of these this morning, but what is the first and quite possibly the summary of these fruits of the Spirit? It's love. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, first and foremost, is love. And so being rooted in the Spirit would mean that we become loving people, radically, unnaturally, sacrificially, distinctively, crazy love kind of people. I don't know about you, but I, for one, am in. You can sign me right up. I want more of that kind of love to flow out of me, to be empowered, to live a life of love that goes beyond, that pushes boundaries, that breaks barriers, that reaches people in a way that no one else does. But we can't live out that kind of life on our own. That kind of love is not the the fruit of John, that is the fruit of the Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit can produce these things in us. And so we need to tap into, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, not just today, but tomorrow when we go to work or when we sign into yet another Zoom call, or when we go to the supermarket, or when we're catching up with our friends. We need to tap into the Spirit. We need to root ourselves in the Spirit in order that we may live out this fruit in our lives. So what does it look like to be rooted in the Spirit? It looks like walking in the Spirit, thinking in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, and living a life in the Spirit. Why don't we pray? Father God, we are just eternally grateful that we don't need to do this life here on earth on our own, but that you have clothed us with power from on high. You have given us this gift of a helper in the person of the Holy Spirit. And so I pray that we would recognize more and more the presence of the Holy Spirit living and at work in our lives. That we would become more sensitive to uh, the promptings and the nudging and the guidance of the Holy Spirit in order that we may live a life that is filled to the measure with all the fullness of God. That we can live a life that is effective for, for reaching people for the kingdom, for, for, for fulfilling the, the calling that you have placed on our lives, that we can help free people from bondage, that we can bring restoration to the brokenhearted, that we can meet people in our community, in our workplace, in our families and friendship groups, that we can meet them where they are and demonstrate the love of Christ through the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. May they see the fruit of the Spirit at work, being demonstrated, manifested through the way that we live and the way that we love as we draw closer and closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.